What does it mean to be a supermodel? And how super is it actually? After years of epic dinner parties, long lunches and boozy brunches with one or two supermodels, we bring you Shaken and Stirred. Or rather, we are Shaken and Stirred. We're ready. We've always been ready. Always ready. We were born ready. Yes. Uh, Tom, what are you laughing about? What? Your, 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 your um, incredulity that I don't go on social media. You know what, I've Tom? only seen Snapchat. He only shows me snapshots of what he's posted. Yeah. This, Snapchat. by the way... I do get phone calls, though, from people saying... He was, you were filming, he was filming me the other night with his kids. I was playing, yes, I saw that. Oh, God, you see, I haven't seen it, but apparently <laughs> I had phone calls. I didn't going, hear it, though. He was like, amazing. I'm like, I'm too lazy to put the sound oh, on. God, <laughs> Let's just get started. Why don't we just go right, right into it? I'm Nigel Barker. This is Shaken and Stirred. My co-host is Tom Astor. And our guests today are a supermodel couple. A supermodel <laughs> family. I've worked with them on the show The Face. I originally met them on America's Next Top Model. They've stood up for models' rights and have recently created a model boot camp. Please welcome Coco Rocha and James Conrad. Woohoo! Welcome. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That was what an intro. Nice rolling. Yeah. Supermodel couple. Oh, there you go. Hell like yeah. That. Yeah. Guys, I don't think I've ever seen you not not together. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, uh, must book both if they come. We're a package deal. <laughs> but I did quite love it when we were outside just now and we only had three mics because we only normally have three, one guest. And you, Coco immediately went, well, you don't have to have James. I mean, she meanwhile, threw I didn't me off. say anything. You said everything and you didn't have a mic. So. There we go. That's yeah. the way we roll on Shaking the Stone. We like to mix things up. But, I, you know, I was right. very interested. James, what is it like sort of, you know, you have an entire Instagram account of yourself. We actually want to interview you, James. Yeah, yeah. Not, I'll just sip my not drink. Not Coco. Yeah. And, that I can't reach. And I, if anyone could actually see me. If you can see My it, drink has not been placed in a good situation. Her mic is actually blocking her cocktail. Which, by the way, before we get to James and his social media, what are we drinking? We're drinking Coco's... Wanted to drink a vodka gimlet. On the sweet side. On the sweet side. And you guys did good. Which, interestingly, I did make it on the sweet side because originally, in before the war, this would have been made with gin because yes. vodka wasn't around until the 40s or whatever. And um, old people's tastes in the old days used to be much sweeter, funny mm. enough. But it's I decided to make it bunch. a little sweeter. because I, I, Yeah, <laughs> yeah gin, it's usually a gin gimlet. There we but, go. But you um, like a vodka gimlet. I like a vodka gimlet. And is that because you don't like all the botanicals as well? Oh. I don't know. I was introduced to a gimlet in vodka style, and then yep. later on, I heard about all this history, history you just gave, yeah, yeah. Um, and, also, and I wasn't into it, so I just stuck with the vodka. And they don't know where it ca- whether it comes from a little drill bit called a gimlet, which packs a little punch, nasty, you know, mm. which gives it the kick, which is the lime, or Sir Thomas Gimlet, who was a surgeon admiral in the British naval fleet, who was the drunk put. Cool. It was natural. I think opposite because apparently sailors used to. I thought it was rum, but apparently they used to be given a tot of gin every day, and he put lime cordial in it, roses lime cordial, to ward off scurvy. Uh, so that's the other story, but that's, I don't know which ones. Well, rum that's was, why I rum drink was it. pirates. Yeah, there we go. Scurvy. Yeah. Scurvy, yeah, so you're drinking to ward off scurvy. There we yeah. go. But, but, scurvy free for a few years now. <laughs> yes, <thankfully>. you are <laughs> scurvy <crossed>. free. <laughs> yeah. Well, fantastic. I, I, I personally you know, have had scurvy all my life. What are you drinking? <laughs> I have a single malt. What, what, what brand? Highland Park, 15-year-old single good. malt. Is it yeah. nice? Because, yeah. you know, you didn't want to join with the Gimlets. No. I, and he introduced me. I didn't know it was me. a thing. I thought we all would have our own unique drink. <laughs> that <laughs> is, I'm the that is you, And do you know, actually something about whiskey. This is a 1980s fad, the single malt. Yeah. In Scotland, people used laughing. to drink. She thinks Sorry, it's hilarious. I'm trying to get to my drink. I know. <laughs> over oh, and under. Have you got over and under? One day i um, used to be drunk blended in Scotland. Mm. And it was the, the whiskey industry was hitting the doldrums in the, in the 80s. And so some bright spark came up with this marketing ploy to do this sort of super exclusive single malt. Mm-hmm. But actually, single malt didn't, isn't a, you know isn't the traditional way to drink whiskey in Scotland. And actually, right. if you're trying to make a really good whiskey, you blend all the best bits yeah. together in order to get the perfect taste. If you only have one, you're stuck with however it is that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they kind of is exactly right. It doesn't really make sense. Same with wine in many respects. I'm not a big fan of sort of a Pinot Noir. You know, I, although I learned lots of people are, and it's very, very popular, the blended wines, when you really get it right, and you've got someone who knows how to blend wine, they make a fantastic wine. Mm-hmm. It's Hell. kind of interesting. It's, if you, it's interesting to come all this way to listen to nice talk about no, wine. No, well, you don't know this, but I um, am the spokeswoman for whiskey. Are you? Yes. So am I, was I correct? you were correct. Good. 
Um, but yeah, but she still ordered the gimlet. I did order the gimlet because it's eleven o'clock, guys. <laughs> Give me a minute. Yeah. I want to feel like I'm drinking punch. <laughs> Oh, it's 11 o'clock, but don't tell anyone out there in podcam, podcast land because Is ultimately... Is it a.m. or p.m.? We don't know. Right. 11 p.m. She's a morning drinker, people. This is what you didn't know about Coco. If you want that supermodel figure there and that go. perfect skin... Get on, the, gim- get on gimlet. the gimlet. Get on the gimlet. The gimplet diet. <laughs> So come on, James. Let's. I want, we started with this a little bit earlier. You know, your social media—it's hilarious, actually. I really, really enjoy your social oh, media you. in large part because you have this sort of big sense of humor about sort of sitting in the second row behind Coco and this yeah. sort of—and you shoot a lot of Coco's pictures. You know, obviously that's sort of. Uh, you know, t- look, taking the Mickey out of yourself. Is it? I think it's his life. <laughs> it is my life. No, it's funny. I do. Um, I am always with Coco, but you won't always see me because usually I am the one taking the picture. So a lot of people think Coco is a single mother. She does it all by herself. I'm in the shadows. So my Instagram is a chance to kind of poke fun at that. Um, I love my hashtag life in the second row because it's always like the view of the back of Beyonce's head or something blocking my view. But I actually like usually being behind Coco. Um, I can kind of judge what's You're going on. You're an empowered on. man, clearly. Yeah, I'm fine with it. No, I love, like, I, um, we were going to talk about this later, but at our model boot camp, model camp, I do talk about relationships and, you know, finding a man or some, a partner that is okay with that, like is okay with the fact that you might be in the limelight and this person is going to be in the second row. In, no, in that your sounds life. like my ideal relationship. I need to find someone like that. So you can just be in the second row. Yeah, you I love the idea of being, No, I love the idea of being in the second row. Yeah, but yeah. it is funny now. Sometimes he will get a, a will go to a show, and he has like full right to sit in the front with me. But they will ask James, "Do you want to be in the second row?" Because we do know your hashtag, and James will be like, "Yeah, fine. I like the second." Well, row. even Ioni makes it, makes it into the front row. She does. She, does. she only sits front row. That's on her rider. <laughs> And I love that. I mean, you're sitting behind both your ladies in your life. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. Yeah. Now, hey, that's the way it should be anyway. Ladies first, you know, For quite sure. frankly. So did, you say, on, did you say it's on the rider that the, your daughter goes on the rider and it's not on the rider, rider list that, that your there husband... There you go. Okay. That's okay. You know, because my three-year-old has a rider. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Which, and, and by the way, has sort of 70,000 followers on Instagram. But we'll get to her in a minute, too, because she deserves her own moment <laughs> in the spotlight because it wouldn't be fair otherwise. And of course, your whole family. But I, when we, you know, I, I know you, Coco, we worked together, the face and top model and we blah, blah, blah. We shared a room where there was just one black drape. That was interesting. Well, that was actually quite interesting. I wasn't quite sure who would be more embarrassed behind the one black drape getting changed and, you know, various noises that one would hear and arguments and conversations yeah. and phone calls and, you know, a lot for goes eight on. Weeks. Screaming for eight like, weeks. Sorry, I, I, I know just, all I, of your secrets. I've just shared a room. I'm sharing a room, bedroom with him. Oh, three no. nights <laughs> with, no, with no black drape. No black drape. <laughs> we have a very high you know, production quality and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> on shaking and stirred. We have yeah, to we share a room. Do, it's a dormitory and for now, all time's sake. what's the size of the bed? And we don't share no, a bed. Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Okay. We have two sorry. beds. Whoa, too far, too far. Quite frankly, he can't even fit in the bed he's in. Oh, my <laughs> oh, no. so It's unbelievable. I actually had to video him last night snoring. I couldn't believe it. I was, I, you Is know. that on Instagram I, that you don't know about? Probably. I don't know. Let me know okay. when you find out. I thought it's going to break the internet if I put it up there. That's all I can say. My God. Um, but Tom doesn't know necessarily a lot about the fashion industry. We're old buddies. We, we, you know, we went to school together and we've remained friends throughout our whole life. And it's one of the great things actually about doing Shaken and Stirred is that a lot of the guests are my friends and I bring them on because I know them and we've had these great conversations before. But Tom doesn't necessarily know all of my friends in the US and, and from fashion. And so he really didn't know who you were. And so he's Rude. researching you, which I think is fantastic. I'm like, who doesn't know Coco okay. Rocha? And he's, you know, what did Thank you even you. call her? You were like, sort of got her name wrong. I did, I know. No, you thought, Roach? no, immediately he said, No, I loved it. I thought this was fantastic. He thought you were a suntan lotion. Probably, <laughs> yes. I would too. I would be a great face for a suntan lotion. I said, have you seen her? <laughs> like 1,000 SPF. Yes, 1,000 SPF Coco Rocha. He even went like, I can just imagine rubbing Coco Rocha all over you. Excuse me? You know, I know, and it sounds terrible when you say that, doesn't it? <laughs> but, then, but then the funniest part for me was actually when he, he looked at your video of you doing the jig down the Jean-Paul Gaultier runway. Are we friends now or are we he not friends? Way back. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, now we're friends. And it, okay. it, was, it was the most sublime moment because there was me all excited sort of trying to tell him about this incredible Coco moment of fashion, you know. And he looked and he was like, 
is this a joke? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, what do you mean? And he was like, is this Red Nose Day? And I was like, what are we talking about Red Nose Day? And he's like, is this Zoolander like, 3? No, literally, he was like, is this a comedy walk? He's like, this is all wrong. You're, like, Monty you're, not, you're not meant to move forward, up and down and run when you're doing the Irish jig. He was so, he got very specific. And he's like, you're meant to stand still. It's oh, like no, a, no, no, you're getting your places wrong. That's Scottish. Sc- okay. Well, wow. Whoa. The Scots Irish jig. and the Irish do not, you know. Okay. They do not, not the jig same. the same way. No, I've never different. seen it on, on the stage. The Scots will dance in one position and usually they have their, their swords right. as one, yep. but they stay there. Irish, they move everywhere. Okay, they're dodgy. They're dodgy, Irish. Uh, if we, as a group, we will stay in a line right. and we will dance completely in unison. Right. But other than that, yeah, you move around. Right, 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 right. Are we still friends? Where are you from? Are we still friends? <laughs> Isn't there some I mean, sort of like blood of Irish? Like, no, England? Scotland. Only, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah Scotland. Yep. So ex- this, to tell everyone, because look, the audience out here doesn't all know about we're we're this moment. <laughs> sort Celtic, of, maybe. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but essentially, you had a huge moment in fashion. Yes. You, you did the Jean-Paul Gaultier show, mm-hmm. but you didn't just do it. You opened it, and you did the jig yes. right down it. And it had never been done before on a stage on a runway like that. Mm-hmm. And not just did you give the whole Irish dancing jigging community a, a spotlight yes, in the fashion that world. all of a sudden we're cool again. But, but we it, were never cool. But you, and far. it's probably still not cool. But anyway. <laughs> uh, but, but it, oh, I love it. I, I actually was cool Don't be my I friend now. No I, no, I do love it. I'm like, no. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah, right. got no, it. That's uh-huh. just, you just shamed me. Like, knowledge shamed me because I don't oh, know Oh, I know. Catwalks. Like, it is hysterical, Honestly. the idea that a model Irish dance, and actually I was found at an Irish dance competition. Like, right. That sounds like I was lost. I wasn't lost. Um, but this this uh, discovered. scout discovered me at an Irish dance competition. So, so they actually go to them to, to find models. Well, this scout, his daughter danced. So right. that was just by chance. Amazing. But yes, I was a little shocked that this man had thought that I was model material at age 14 with like a wig and full Irish costume, which was not sexy or cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how I was found and then brought it to New York. All right. Did all this stuff that I possibly could, and then Gautier had heard that I had done this Celtic dancing, and would I ever do it down his runway? But this was pre-social media, so there's only actually one footage, right. which I'm sure that's yeah. the one you found, of this one flip phone um, of someone that actually took the video of it. And of course, now it would have gone viral. Yeah, now it, now pe- everyone would have had it. But it's actually very special because people will say to me like, "I was in the room. I actually saw that." Yeah. Or it will be like, oh, I saw that that grainy image of you down the runway. Or it's almost like a myth. Like, did you were you the one that did that that it's, Scottish dance? That's what it was like <laughs> today. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm not again. I'm not necessarily sucking up or trying to be a friend. But it, it <laughs> having having, bought it, having having looked at it, yes, sure, but yes. it it's um, it strikes me as being an ex- extremely brave move. I mean, was it incredibly difficult to do, or did you just well, actually think? Well, it is, too, because that runway is so long, and the room is pitch black, and there's lights yeah. in your eyes, and she's up three or four feet um, booking it down the whole runway. Yeah. I can't believe you didn't. And did you know you were going to do it before? Yeah, he, he had said, Gautier said to you, can you have uh, a shot? He, he told me two days before. I told him I don't have my shoes, I don't have anything. So he actually found a shoe company in Ireland. They shipped the shoes, and it arrived an hour before the show. And I, I put those shoes on and off we went. Um, but I remember just thinking, like, don't fall into someone's lap. Like, that's, that's all. Tennessee. I'm fine with if I fall as a, as a model on the runway. If I had ever fallen, I would just make a show of it. But as an Irish dancer to fall, it would be kind of like disgrace. Fall on that Scottish sword. Yeah. <laughs> so you two, weren't, you, you two weren't together at that point. No. no. You didn't know me at all. Uh, 2007. Yeah, I did not. You no. were, we were friends. No. Then. Yeah. Okay. I think so. This Ooh, is how really somewhere true. around that time we were friends. It's like when Harry met Sally. Yeah. <laughs> a weird moment with the couple's we talking on you. For yeah. like three years before we got married, and we got married in 2010. Yeah. Maybe. This is, she's in denial at this point. So okay. who, who knows what was happening at that point? You know, really. <laughs> yeah. She's blocked truly, it out. Her marriage. Blocked, completely yeah. blocked it out. <laughs> she so when did you get married? Uh, 2010. So this summer will be nine years. Congratulations. Thank you. Two Thank children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. You know, when I look at your career, Coco, you know, you started with this jig. You, <laughs> you started with other things, but this jig really put you up there and mm-hmm. got you out, got your name out there. But going through your whole career, you took a lot of sort of, let's say risks, but mm-hmm. you were 
groundbreaking in many respects. You decided to do things which other people hadn't done. And you sort of became the, the supermodel that you are today. And that's such a, it, today I feel like the, the term supermodel is overused because it seems that so many people are now apparently supermodels. Right. But to really do something that is influential, and I actually included you in my book, Models of Influence, very specifically, and those were models for me who really were and are supermodels because they did something that changed the business and changed people's perception and really made a difference. And you specifically sort of, and it sounds obvious now because it's hindsight, but you got social media when a lot of people didn't. It was mm -hmm. sort of just didn't understand it. And you know, what was that? What was it about social media that you found interesting at that time that really helped you kind of dig your claws into it and say, okay, I'm going to own it? I mean, I had a, a blog, but honestly, I'll let James speak because he was the one that pushed me to to use it when uh, the industry was pretty much saying this this new thing, social media, or just a model having a voice was really not worth it or it wasn't important right. enough. But well, they said that she was ruining the mystique, the fantasy of being a model, uh, and that was very influential people in the industry was like, you shouldn't be talking about what cereal you enjoy or that you have a pet bird at home now or any of this stuff. Are we allowed to know who? <laughs> um, I mean, are you talking about editors or, or, or We're talking no. about designers, designers is, editors. Yeah. We're talking about photographers, casting directors. Right, okay. We're talking about pretty much Pretty much everyone. People everyone within your top 10 most influential people in the industry were not for social media. They thought it was kind of ruining a fantasy. Um, when Coca really started to embrace it was when she got some bad press that was misquoting her and social media became an opportunity for her to kind of set the record straight and say it exactly how she wanted to say it that and was not an irish jig that was a scottish jig <laughs> yeah yeah make it clear. thank god for social media that's all i can say there was some really bad press from the new york post that uh, was totally not factual and coco went on a rant on a blog post and just set it straight on every line of this article and that's where she really realized that she had power here because she had an audience. She had a direct outlet to say exactly what she wanted to say. And from that point forward, we didn't really turn back. We embraced social media. We kind of loved the fact that there was an audience there that was rooting for Coco. But there's your audience of people who are interested in actually knowing what, what's what. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was just never a model saying exactly what she was doing. And just pretty much that I was just like anyone else. Duh. But it was shocking to think like, oh, you watch TV like me and uh. you hang out with your friends like me and you eat cereal at night yeah. like me. And it it's, uh, sounds silly now, but then it was such a groundbreaking moment. Right. Um, and especially having then also these conversations with people in the industry saying, continue this and you will not have a career. Um, not that they were threatening me, just saying like, hey, sweetie, just so you know, like this isn't going to work for you. Please stop because I, I don't want to see you fail. But it was like, no, I really think the social media thing is going to keep going. Right, so they were behind the curve. I mean, they were behind mm. the industry. And I think we can all say for sure fashion is, although as made to look like we're always ahead of everything, in tech, in a lot of senses, we're behind in a lot. Um, we're not comfortable for someone else, the the outsider, and I say this with quotations, people, outsider to come in and say, hey, you know what, this is what you need to do or change. The industry has always felt like they need to be able to tell you how we need to improve, change, whatever they yeah, got to do. There's a lot but of ego involved. Never, when you, but when you say, it's interesting, though, because when you say the industry, it's not models because it's everyone else other than models. Mm, right. And, and it's, it, I think it's fascinating that social media, in my opinion, has put models back on the pedestal, mm -hmm. given them the front covers of magazines again. Mm -hmm. It made them celebrities again, because it is, in fact, you know, the conduit to you know, most people use. These platforms are what people chime in first thing in the morning, last thing at night. Mm -hmm. right. you know, they're looking at it, they're getting all kinds of information from it. And where actors and actresses had taken the sort of spotlight, were doing the fragrances, were doing the covers of magazines, prior to sort of social media really mm -hmm. kicking in, you know, models were like, ah, oh, we don't, we're not interested in models. They're not personalities. They're just pretty people. We want, mm -hmm. you know, these models, you know, these actors and actresses who are, you know, worked hard. They're average people, but they look beautiful because of the performances. And then all of a sudden, they wouldn't go on social because, and still, actors have sort of historically got poor numbers when it comes to social media platforms because mm -hmm. they don't like to share everything. Mm -hmm. They do big movies, but mm -hmm. then you go and look at them and they've got maybe, you know, 60,000 followers or, right. you know, a million followers, which is a lot. But for a major actor, you'd be surprised, right? right? But there are models out there now with 
20 million followers, 10 million. million followers. I mean, literally millions and millions of followers because they will go on there and say, this is me waking up, brushing my teeth. This is me going to the gym. This is me, my, my, my drink that I'm doing. This is, and they document everything. Right. And we've never seen that before. So they really won the social media. It ushered in a new era of, of supermodels. If you think about the 90 supermodels, they were women that everyone knew who they were dating, what restaurants they went to, who they were friends with. But there was a big backlash to that because the designers hated that it was no longer about the clothes. Them. It was all about the women and who cares what they're wearing. So the backlash to the supermodels were that designers brought in all these Eastern European models that were nameless. They all looked alike. They were replaceable. They had no personality that you knew of. Androgyny. Yeah. Heroin chic. It only could, was that moment. One could be gone and one could come in and you would never know. So that was like a cycle. And then social media kind of ushered in a renewed interest again in who models were, who they were dating, what cereal they liked for, for breakfast. I don't know why we keep bringing was, up my cereal toys. Was the resistance to, 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 to you doing the social media and things an issue? Do you think it was, it sounds to me like it's kind of born out of like an insecurity on the, on the, the, you know, the people who are making the decisions, like the designers, like the, it just sounds like, hang on a minute, someone's doing something that we don't particularly like. Yes. We're actually incredible. You know, we're quite close-minded. Yeah. And hang on a minute, this isn't, we didn't, so it was also yeah. just, I don't know if they knew this, but um, the industry could choose. I love the industry. We don't even know who these individuals the are. Shadowy just, figures. Shadowy figures. Come on, no, name, name. Come on, name, name. Wait, say their names. There's so many It names. was Nigel Barker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> um, but it, it's just that they would, and I still hear today people being like, I remember having a conversation with so-and-so or this person or that person, and they would say how Coco is so overly exposed was the the topic of choice that this is not going to Nothing work. could be further from the you truth when you know Coco. <laughs> too overexposed. Social media was just making girls like they were just too watered down was the right. problem. Commercial. Yeah, and they don't like that. They wanted this fantasy to the point where like you just p pluck us off, right. work with us and put us And back then at in night there. you go back into your box and, right. yes, and yeah. you're well, not, here's you for example America's next top model. Here's a show with Tyra Banks. She hires myself and Miss J and Jay Manuel to do the show. And we're looking for sponsors. And, you know, we're lucky if we can get Seventeen magazine or Jane magazine to be involved with us. And our sponsors are things like Walmart and Kmart and eventually we get CoverGirl. Mm -hmm. And we're going to other magazines. We're going to designers saying, can you be a part of it? And they're like, listen, you're ruining the industry. You are. Mm -hmm. This is we are an exclusive business you know you are not exclusive you are bringing you know the fashion industry down you're opening it up you're making a mockery of it right. your photo shoots are ridiculous who would you know everyone's hanging from sort of balconies of strings and spiders and animals and mm. it's all crazy that's not what fashion is you guys are over the top and you know what the irony was was that it was season 10 of america's next top model when american vogue suddenly did a, a you know an about turn and realized that our numbers were sky high their numbers that were dropping the sales of every month and andre leon tally who was editor at large of american vogue came on as a permanent judge and italian vogue became our magazine sponsor mm -hmm. so we went from being completely out of vogue and pariah. almost exiled pariah mm -hmm. to being more in vogue than we'd ever been before but guess what late because as soon as they joined our numbers went down right <laughs> yeah they're always late to everything they have to drag them along unfortunately so well, I mean, look at things like, for example, had Vogue decided to create a television network mm -hmm. back in the day when Nat Geo did right. or Discovery did. There's a magazine, Nat Geo, that was famous for being in a doctor's waiting room and being yeah. 100 years old. So true. And it became one of the most popular television stations in the world. Meanwhile, Vogue completely dropped the ball and isn't the top, you know, fashion network and doing all the fashion shows or, you know, E and things yeah. like that took over. And so they really missed, missed. And that's something which is interesting because you've not missed Coco, I feel that you've always got it and felt, and I look, you know, look at even when the, the sort of the cool cameras that are being used, the book that you did with sort of Ooh, three, six, just oh, she just fell. You know, she <laughs> my, does that though. My big heel. On runways, on seats. Someone help Coco. Someone help Coco back onto her seat. Shut up. Please. That didn't, no, wait. <laughs> How many gimlets has she First had? First of all, there's a Too camera. Many. There's like five cameras looking at me. <laughs> Okay. It was my shoe. We lost. Guys. We lost that footage again. <laughs> yeah. God damn it! Sorry. When you see that black spot, yeah, we had to cut it out. That was felt like Anna Winter, the customer. Oh, yeah. Anna Winter coming in there. I mean, if you could say anything, <laughs> right. do you know what I mean? I was trying to get. I hope. Boom, I hope. What? I hope. Nice, I hope not thinking of ever having Anna Winter on the show as a guest <laughs> after that. 
Do you want to carry on? Have you? Well, listen, I'd love her. Anna's always welcome. I think she might be too shy, but she's always welcome. But getting back to this, you you used the Lytro camera. You mm. did something with the Lytro camera, which is very cool. Oh, yeah, that you, was a while back. It was a while back, but that yeah. was when it was new. Yeah. yeah. And Sorry. so you've done Sorry. these. What is, a light, what is a Lytro camera? Describe the Lytro camera. It, it's a camera that you can. Uh, it's for our listeners, by the way. I know what obviously yeah, know what it is. You, know. you can, after clearly. the fact, change the focus. So you can pull near, far focus. It's a really interesting uh, piece of equipment that I don't know. Has it really taken off mainstream? So, so there are like essentially essentially now. what you can do with this camera, Tom, is you can just take you just take a picture of anything, like a, a landscape. And whereas before, if your model or your whatever you wanted in focus was in the foreground and you would focus in the foreground, doesn't matter what your depth of field would be, and it would always become right. you know that that would be your focus. You can change point. your depth of field. Yes, basically. all of yeah, a sudden, after, you're, the you, after the fact, you can go, oh God, look, there's an eagle in the sky over there. That's now what my focus. Oh. You know, so you could change. It's, it sort of has incredible technology to have sort of infinite depth of focus. How, depth did, of you, how did you use this? We, we would just mess around with it. We used to... We messaged them. We heard about it through a blog, and we messaged them. They sent us a prototype that was literally like a box of wires with duct tape, but it worked. And they were like, go ahead, shoot some fun fashion content with it. So we just went around the city and played around with it. But are these just risks, or are they calculated risks? Because I love the fact that you did something like that. You do the jig down the runway. You know, you get on social media. You do a book like Study of Pose, which is hundreds and hundreds of pictures of poses, which... You know, God, half of them are like, is that a pose? But it is a pose. I mean, I'm like, is that a pose or is that a swatted fly? I don't That's know. That's when I drank some gimlets. But it's an amazing book. And you did it with incredible camera and technology mm. with a photographer called Stephen Sebring. Mm-hmm. I mean, are those calculated risks or are they just risks? You, I, I I'm think just interested. just risks. I think we just always are. When we're fascinated by, we love tech and we think tech and fashion should 100% work together. That was social media. And it moves further on into other things as well. Um, and um, I think that all of those things were like, if they work, they work. If they don't, they don't. And there's been so many business But isn't choices. that dangerous? What happens um, if it backfires or you look bad? Always, I think it, when you've had enough failures, which we have, you learn that it's not the end of the world. It's okay to try new things. And sometimes it's a success and other times you wasted your time. But looking backwards, you, you don't really regret things that you did you regret things that you didn't try you're like oh i should have done that because now so-and-so has done it and done it better so we always like to be early uh early adopters try things for the first time get in there and just figure it out and if it flops and it's a failure that's okay i mean i think the biggest thing for us was these sort of things are just kind of like hey that didn't really work moving on but it was more things that would really suppose or the so much pressure from the industry um, things like speaking out as a model, maybe on subjects of the treatment of models, sexual harassment. This being like 10, 12 years ago, talking about these subjects where no one was talking about it. If there were girls talking about it, those few girls have lost their careers over it. Those are the sort of things that you're like, if I don't succeed in this, I might lose my entire career. But you've stood up for models' reputations. rights for years. I have. And I'm I'm very proud of that, and I'm proud also that this year or but people don't actually always get that models like don't have rights. They don't. I think the general public is unaware of the lack of rights of models. I, mean, I think they're, most people feel models are very lucky, privileged, and probably yes. spoiled. So the concept that they, they don't have rights or they have issues in the workplace, it seems very obvious for us. But speaking to the world at large, it's something which is you know you can speak more to it. But oftentimes the workplace is it's it's right. very difficult well, because as you were saying earlier, models are, are, are you're either on the catwalk or you're away in a little box and don't mm-hmm. come out and don't mm-hmm. you know exactly. Well, it's just also the the thought is that you live this beautiful, glamorous life. You wear makeup, you travel, you meet these beautiful human beings around the world, and all of that is true. And there's just a dark side like every industry. There's a dark side. Um, but for us, James and I, wanting always to to shine the light on everything and hopefully improve the industry, use my name for good. Um, but there was, again, a huge backlash and how dare you speak and who do you think you are? Are you, are you we, we were talking to Fern Malice the other day who, who mentioned that, you know, all these designers and, and people in the industry, right, who are running your, the industry that mm-hmm. you're in are basically, you know, insecure, they work very hard, but they're, they're fundamentally kind of insecure and terrified of change, et cetera. Everything that you're discussing that you've done and I'm, I'm coming in as a complete mm-hmm. outsider here. Every, everything that you're discussing is the sort of thing that if I was say, in the industry, you know, I'd be absolutely terrified of you. <laughs> has, so my question is, has it 
has it had a kind of, has it had a negative impact on on anything that you've you know have you been in, on your career do you think yeah. for sure oh my goodness i've lost so many jobs because i was the supposed whistleblower um when i would name names that people wouldn't name in the past uh but again going back to the fact that 2018 kind of shifted in the the film industry and all of a sudden they were like and we're you talking know what? about the me too me right. too everything um and then all of a sudden they decided to kind of shine a light into fashion being like wait a second there's something funky going on over here we should look at that and then all of a sudden industry flips and goes yes we need to look into this and yes you're right these photographers and these cer- certain individuals need to be outcasted mm. and here's me and a few individuals going we said that mm. in fact we said that years ago to these people that are now all of a sudden the heroes, heroes mm-hmm. and now you've decided to listen because you have pressure from social media and the world so and because it's me, now in fashion and now it's now it's cool right. now it's cool to you know take care of individuals and get rid of bullies and but this isn't just necessarily men either right no, this is no, women no. men oh my goodness male models have a, it's so hard because also you can speak as men not me but i feel like just in in culturally it is hard for a man to step out and be like hey you know what something has happened to me that's inappropriate because you don't want to mm-hmm. sound like you want to be the tough guy well the, even like terry cruz has had a massive backlash from speaking out about being um sexually harassed at that party and he's like a big tough guy so think about male models i was i was actually sexually harassed by a designer when i was a young model and one of the biggest designers in the world and i'm not about to name who it is but it happened to me and this person he if he's listening to this podcast will know exactly who he is um called me up no matter where i went in the world and went under a name um called himself carlos that's not his that's not his actual name that he got hold of me and somehow he knew where i was wherever i was in the world hmm. and he would try and talk to me and what have you and um offered me the campaign for the big you know the big campaign and i eventually said no that wasn't going to work because i knew what he wanted and of course you know then the model actually got the campaign and you know we we all knew what had happened you mm-hmm. know and that's how these jobs were being were being booked and right. i knew then that this was not going to be a world that i could work in in that way yeah. you know and it wasn't everyone i mean there were plenty of great people obviously mm-hmm. but yeah. as you mentioned it only takes one sort of rotten apple to sort of mess up everything and make you feel really bad and yeah. well, you know just one rotten apple and then a hundred enablers yeah. who don't throw the rotten apple out that's really Absolutely. the problem but I mean, then you're, people you're, like you're, attacking you're, you for like what has happened to you. I remember people saying like I would say like hey this happened to me or just even like anything. Uh I remember people uh I did a photo shoot where um they photoshopped a top off of me where I I'm very specific about you know me. I'm very specific about what I wear, how I look, all of that. I'll be a great model but make sure the it's the way I want to look. And they You don't re- do I don't do nude. I don't but, do semi-nude. But do you don't really do swimmer and lingerie, well, do you? Well, and that's like a whole other topic. But yeah, I don't do either of those. Um, but in this shoot, and it was for... Uh, Brazilian L. Brazilian L. They decided to remove what was my bodysuit and place... Well, the Br- Brazilian like to remove everything, don't yeah. they? Yeah, and they did all that. Mm. And I wrote out to the world using joke, social media. I know. God, <laughs> so serious. Come so on. serious. It's very serious. Dry sense business. of humor. Um, and... They uh th- what was crazy was I would have people that were so supportive and then this other side where it was like it's your job. Oh. This is how dare you. And there was a lot of people I worked with in the industry. So um in all of that context people just seemed to think that you know it's your job. Be glad with what you have and I've had people say to my face you should be glad. Just be right. happy because yeah. this industry made you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just be happy with whatever you get. So what like, happened with this particular job? Yeah, yeah. So they they photoshopped out the top and made it appear that she was nude, put these fake breasts on her, put it on the cover of the magazine and published it and it was they broke the contract obviously because um Coco had specified that she didn't ap- want to appear that way. So no one ever put six pack on me when I was <laughs> I wish that's so unfair. So I would unfair. I would love, you know, someone to put a six pack on me sorry. Be clarify, it was not full nude. It was right. like this sheer top that they put over it. So God. it resembled like I was very But that's actually scary. outrageous. I mean that's yeah. not even a question of okay they really touched you. That's not even you. Right? Yeah, it was new body parts. We had the option that we could go to Brazil and sue them, but we'd have to move to the country. 
And so we were like, let's just out them. Let's just make this a public conversation so it doesn't happen to some other girl who feels the same way. And we did, and there was a big backlash, and people were like, this is your job. Deal with it. Take your clothes off. That's what a model is supposed to do. That's not what a model is. A model can do whatever she feels like. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's ad- advocate here for a second, mm-hmm. um, only because I absolutely I know you, Coco, and I know what you will and will, will not do. And we've mm-hmm. had this conversation on air before, on the face, and you know, it's, and it's public, and it's absolutely fine. It's your decision to make mm-hmm. to do what the heck you like. loves the expression devil's advocate. Yeah, he's like, I'm actually just going to be Nigel right now. (laughs) I know. Sorry, everyone out there is shaking and stirred. I know that I am basically I am the devil's advocate. The devil's advocate (laughs) for a change. That should have been the name of our show. The devil's advocate. Right. It's bloody brilliant. Actually, changing it now. Note to producers. (laughs) The last episode of Shaking and Stirred. Sorry, let me interrupt. But on your going back to what I'm talking about. You don't do, as you, may, you sort of mentioned this, you said it's a, another subject, but you don't do um, lingerie and swimwear. Mm-hmm. And I've not known you to. Yeah. However, I myself, I'm an avid follower of Coco Rocha mm-hmm. on Instagram. And I did see you in a swimsuit and a bikini on the beach. Shut in, up. Uh, Shameful. And I was like, I, <laughs> no I almost dropped my phone. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I've seen too much. <laughs> too hot, too hot. I'm like, oh my God, all that white skin. I don't know what to do. Although exactly. it looked quite pink, actually. It was so white, it just turns like, you know. I, I know, I know. Like, Lena, I've gone red. You know what I, we're I, talking I, about. But it was also, I did also notice that you tagged the hotel, mm-hmm. the Ritz-Carlton in this. Right. How did the Ritz-Carlton get you to be in a bikini <laughs> is what I want to know. Here's well, the thing. I'm swimming on vacation. So that's okay. At the Ritz Carlton, hanging out with my family. That's where that's appropriate. Whereas, like, for me, when you're. Well, Coco used to shoot swimwear. Um, but lingerie clients were like, this isn't fair. Why does she say no to us, but she says yes to the swimwear? And so Coco was like, all right, you're right. Then I'm not doing swimwear. (laughs) It was that simple. It was because she wanted to be consistent. She didn't want to do lingerie. She felt okay with swimwear, but the clients were confused. So we were like, well, let's just make it clear. We don't shoot either one. Well, I, I got to say the Ritz Carlton were very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> she does do. It Although Ritz, when I did post with me in a swim, it was almost like they could minus my heart. You know, right. like when you they got like, negative like, likes. It literally was like <laughs> people really? were like, e. <laughs> they were like, I think people kidding. don't people know what they expect out of certain <laughs> social media accounts, and, and they don't expect me. a swimsuit picture. I was from swimming Coco. in a <laughs> swim pool. Yeah, Vamp- vampires are not meant to be on the beach. No. Right, that's the problem. You're ruining the fair skin, doesn't it? We, we shouldn't go on beaches. No. And Nigel, all the holiday snaps he's ever taken of me, you've never actually you've never needed a Photoshop six pack of things like that. <laughs> it's no, 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 you've there. definitely yeah. upgraded yeah. to the keg. Yeah. It's way better. But you did put fake breasts on your ones. <laughs> well, I actually tried and reduce them. I feel bad, but you know, you know breast reduction tool. You know, no, I don't do any of that. God no. Yeah, no, no touching, no retouching, no touching, no, no touching, touching. No, no touching. God, we're not very PC. Speaking uh, of after me our too. seventh gimlet, he's trying to work out how to be extremely rude. You it's launched a website, not a website, what? a modeling okay. a model agency. Sorry, yeah. you, you you launched a, a model agency called Nomad. Mm. Mm-hmm. This, this takes it to a whole other level. Very few models have done anything like that, where they've really created their own agencies. Obviously, Wilhelmina famously mm-hmm. did it right. and did it very well. But it was not an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. even back then. Why did wow. you do it? This was our call out. So when we we were talking about these discussions or having these discussions about model treatment, um, we, we kind of forgot to mention, but we have in the past talked about this, where James and I uh, were so lucky to change a law for underage models. I'll talk to you about this because, you know, mm-hmm. um, since you know me so well now. Uh, but we changed a law um, in 2013, I think mm-hmm. it was, for underage models. There was this sort of like wild, wild west for girls that were 18 and younger where you didn't have to feed them. You didn't have to have a... Um, take care of them you could work them 24 hours you didn't have to pay no rights no rights there was just no child labor laws for models in new york city there were for actors and performers but models were like a loophole where you could work a 14 year old all night long and not pay her and not allow her to bring a chaperone it was really bizarre for 21st century you know labor laws so we closed that loophole. Um, again, a big backlash from the industry. Agencies were like, you're ruining it for us. How now we, close it? We, we lobbied the representatives and we showed them that this was ridiculous in 2013 that children were not being protected. Alaska and Alabama had more rights for models than New York oh. State. So, you know. 
So it's now uh, a lot more paperwork. It says it all, doesn't it, really? I mean, agencies God. have to be more mindful oh, when they book. You can still book an underage girl to do a job, but now just a feed her, work. pay her, right. let her bring her mother or whoever she wants can to bring. Can you not chuck it on the back of um, the actors' union? I mean, And it's all been tried and done, but it? the thing is the, in, the, industry, the girls, the younger generation goes, wait a second, I'll do it. I'll do it for free. You don't need to, you know, yep. worry about that girl. So all of a sudden, the girls that are trying really hard to change the industry, they'll be like, get rid of them. Yeah, Bring I in can. the new ones. For some um, reason, models cannot unionize. They've tried many times. The younger generation always says, we'll reject the union. We'll do it for peanuts. We just want a chance. And that kind of defeats the purpose of the union. So, so they can't get it together. They never have been able to, like yeah. actors have and other performers. Back to your question. Doing that and many other things around these subjects, again, frustrated a lot of people. And we thought this isn't the way to do it. It's just always calling out and calling the next uh, press and having a press so conference. So you're being proactive. You so we thought let's it. make our own world where there is a safe haven lead by example. that we lead. So now with Nomad and our an amazing team of agents, um, we that is what we go by. The first thing that we got rid of was when we had our website, we were really like mindful of we don't need to have tell you like only submit if you are this height and this age and this this type of body. Get rid of all of that. Um, making sure that our websites were just here we are. There's no little categories or groups saying like this is the type of model here. This is this the, is type the of petite model. models. This is yes. the plus size models. All of this that. is the sophisticated models. All right. of that. Like just put them all together. <laughs> if you like a face, if you want to look and press and click and do a little more research and see what her weight and height and not fine, whatever, but. At least you, you yeah. give everyone a chance to not put them in these categories. And then, of course, just the fact that I'm kind of like, you could call me mother hen or your big sister, whatever. But these girls and boys, hopefully when they know if ever something happens, they come straight to us and say, Coco, this has happened to me. I need your help. You know, that's the whole purpose of me being part of this team is not for me to book the, the jobs that I'm not an agent, but I'm supposed to be there for them. They're like cheerleader their confidant, anything they need. Have you come across lots of scary things you didn't realize were happening now you're a model agent? I mean, are you, are you more aware I think now? it's more, I was more aware as a model. Are, Living are, through it are, is are really the thing. clients more careful around you now, specifically? Yes. And your models, are they more protected potentially? I would hope so, yeah. I, I think so. I think people that I work with now are so proud of what I do. Um, so I find myself around people that are just impressed with the company, the brand, the business, the way I model. Then if I just all of a sudden show up to a job and they're like, who is this and why does she stand for that? They're already informed on who I am and what I stand for, except this man in the corner of the room. <laughs> we'll still talk about that later. <laughs> I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of – I, I noticed – I did notice something, that, and I'm not going to – my I am. I'm going to call you out on this too. Me or him? No, you, oh. Coco. Uh -oh. Because I remember when we were shooting The Face, uh -huh. and it, it was – I'm not sure if I'd even use this word in front of you. It was your birthday. Oh, my and, goodness. And my I remember this forbid, morning I was thinking about he that. Heaven forbid one mentioned, you know, someone's birthday. No, because and I was, everyone was telling Nigel, don't talk about her birthday. And, oh, and yeah. I was like, yeah. I didn't even know it was her birthday. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know when her birthday is. Now you've his... told me it's her birthday. I feel like I have to say happy birthday. Oh. And, and, and of course, Coco doesn't like to say happy birthday. It's not a thing she does, right? <laughs> well, I, you're making this sound crazy now. I'm a Jehovah's Witness, and it's just one of my things is just we just don't celebrate our birthdays. Fair enough. But we but do acknowledge we are not, I know how old I am. People ask me that. They're like, so do you know how old you do are? You I'm know, like, that's yes, why I she's know. forever 21. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that, but no. I do remember that. And I remember everyone being like, Nigel, shut up. Stop talking. And he was like, like the, uh, They call that the that? Barbara Streisand effect. Did you hear about that? Barbara Streisand, when Google Maps came out, made a big deal of, I don't want anyone to see my house from above. You see the whole world on Google Maps, but she did not want her house seen. And by doing that, it made all the press show a picture of her house, and everyone saw it when no one would have even noticed it in Malibu. Or cared. Yeah. Or wanted to see it. You can say whatever you like on my birthday. It's fine. I'm not going to freak. But it sounded like I was I guess my So this was my point. It's not to say that, because I get it. I know you're a Jehovah's Witness, and I know that Jehovah's Witnesses don't celebrate birthdays publicly in that way or whatever, however way. I've read about it. Because it's Wow, we're going into religion. There you go. Well, there is actually two birthdays mentioned in the Bible. 
And both of those birthdays, one was a pharaoh, one was a man called Herod. They were not worshippers of the God of the Bible. And on both of those occasions, someone got their head cut. You know, Herod was particularly like one was John the Baptist. So it was only create angels, I suppose, inadvertently. They were both bad men that celebrated their birthday. There's never a record of any good person celebrating their birthday. And my birthday parties are wicked, by the way. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. There's always a head cut off at your birthday. (laughs) I am the devil's advocate. And as being the devil's advocate, I'm now going to call you out on something else. Oh, my goodness. I thought we were calling him out and everything. It's connected. It's connected. So you recently did a post and congratulations on was it the one year anniversary of Nomad? Yeah. In LA. So yeah. you can do birthday parties for model agencies. Anniversary birthday. No, I didn't say birthday. Kind of the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> it is. It's just another word. We celebrate our we, anniversary. I celebrate my I'm making a huge party but on our 10th anniversary of our wedding. What the hell is the <laughs> difference of the anniversary? It starts to nip. It's one year celebrating it. Well, if you can hey, show me in the Bible where someone celebrated a company's anniversary, <laughs> I will stop talking about no Do that. Do that. <laughs> Fair enough. There All we right. go. I, I will be silent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, 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 no. Not tonight. you will be silent. You have just been silent. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good luck. Try. Ugh. Try. That is true. Okay, so. <laughs> um, model camp. I yeah. mean, yes. Tyra Banks has model land. Right. Are you yeah. like, and which is in have itself. Have you seen the plans for that, by the And I, she just announced in Variety that she's turning it into a, a sort of a Disney affair or something. She's going to turn it into a, a, basically an experience, yes. yeah. digital experience, which sounds amazing. Um, for all of you out there who want to experience top model, I'm sure this is probably about as close as you can get. Yeah. Uh, but you have started a model camp, like yeah. a boot camp of sorts. Pretty mm. much, yeah. And what made you want to do that? Is it connected to Nomad? Is this a because you wanted people just to get understand the sort of the Coco way or they all had to be Team Coco? <laughs> it's totally separate from Nomad. I didn't call you out in a minute, boy. No, I'm joking. Um, oh, no, please do. No, please do. <laughs> no, so um, I used to actually, agencies used to call me in to uh, have these kind of group discussions if it would be just talking to girls on subjects of um, how, you know, fashion week's going to be like and uh, how you need to train as a model or Mentoring. Mentoring, yes. Um, Just, you know, having speeches. And then I would also have pose classes. I'd have runway classes. I have now my own modeling agency. No agency's calling me in to talk to their their girls. But at the same time, James and I have always wanted to do this sort of boot camp, model camp, whatever you, you call it. Just didn't know what it would look like and where it would be. And then lo and behold, we bought a place way upstate. If you want to call that upstate, where is um, it? Where, where, where are you allowed to say exactly where it really is? Not really, no. It's the secret location. <laughs> wow, it is. It's an hour north of New York City, and it's a big old. We call it like. So an how X-Men do the models school. get there? Do you put, put a sort of a hood over Pretty them much. and smuggle them up and yes. then release them? We do. We like no geotagging, but no, they can get up there by train from the city. So most models. Yeah. Do that. Once the contract is signed, they get to know where. It is. We just don't want wow. people showing up that aren't invited. Do you to want weird, like is, people is, to just show up to your house? I, I, I don't know. I don't live in the model camp. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was about to say to give his address. Realizing you <laughs> yeah. um, Irish dancing. No, there's no, no Irish no. dance in this. So all the That's things we just discussed. She's not on really a very... giving away all her tips. No, no. she's actually no. sort of slightly messing them up. Yes. Now this is the best like, way to walk. This is the best way to do it. <laughs> no, um, everything we've just discussed, all the true, the raw, that all, all is discussed there too. So girls will open up about things and say, you know, this is happening in my career. What do I need to do? We'll help in any way we can mm-hmm. um, in discussing all that. Yes, of course, there's pose class and there's runway class. But um, how, there is how a are lot people of selected to get in. Pretty much. Well, James does we a do huge it all it. by hand. And really, we're looking for diversity mainly. We want to show like a big cross section of what we feel the industry can be and should be. Um, we're looking for girls that are serious about their career um, and treat it that way on social media. So actually diving deep into their Instagram kind of teaches us a lot about who these girls are. We don't want drama. We don't want divas. Uh, we just want girls that really want to improve their craft. And we do have a lot of girls that are starting out, but I would say the majority of our models are in the three to four year mark. They feel like they're plateauing and they really want to step it up a notch. Um, so it's girls that are really serious about perfecting their art, the art of what they're doing. And then and they also, get the cocoa approved stamp at the end of it. I don't know if that's a good thing, you know, but uh, at the same time, 
they do a huge uh, class on contracts and agencies and social media and branding. So really discussing like you are now a business. You, you need to look into your contracts. Does you need Nomad to... get first dibs? No. No. That's well, the, the thing, thing is, agency, a lot of these girls are signed already. So we don't steal the girls because if we did very quickly, the flow of models would dry up because models would be like, don't go there. So we keep it very separate. We don't sign any of these girls. If they uh, are with an agency, great. If they're not and they want to come to Nomad, that's fine. But we're not encouraging but them. But they one do way the their other. own submitting online. Yeah. Like there's if no you, backdoor there's entrance. There's no backdoor entrance. It's, it's, and we do tell them the first day. I'm like, I hope you didn't come hoping that I would introduce you to Nigel Barker or to anyone. Well, actually, oh that, that's certainly, that that, that's that, certainly that not happened. If you told them that. I, actually, you know what? I'm quite upset that I've not been invited to model camp. Here's the thing. You're too expensive. I've, right. I've not been <laughs> yeah, invited. I have rate, not be, you know. I mean, you take up the whole camp rate. I mean, I mean, it would have just be an honor to be there and to say hello what and what have you but no 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 she's worried that i might steal the limelight which yeah. i understand that's fine you can you can be the photographer for one because they get a photo shoot at the yeah, end we of do the a mentor shocker. shoot shocker but i'm very hands-on i'm very annoying i'm like put your hand yeah you know like that person that you hate on set i know you know that person where they're literally putting a girl into i actually the shot a cover of you for du jour magazine and it's up in our studio is it, is it the one where the person's hand yes, is coming hand. in? Yeah, there's a finger. Talking about hands coming in and annoying. It's a great shot of Coco because her face, she's looking horrified, angry at this hand that's coming in. Of course, we actually used it as the cover. Yeah, it was good. That is up in the studio at Model Camp. No, I was going to say, doing what you're doing now, is, do you think that, um, I mean, straight up, girls who, who, are, who, who look at what you're doing and, and think, you know, I'd like to do that, do you think there's an element, though, are you quite a scary person to be involved with if you're an up-and-coming model? And when I say yeah, scary, I, I mean, mm. I mean, are you going to actually, you know, are you, do, do people sometimes think, hang on a minute, you know, because you, you keep taking on the big, the big guns, yeah. right? Are you kind of like sort of a hot potato, as it were? Like, do you know what I mean? Do do I, I, I think it maybe it sense? was that way for a little while. I, I feel like as time has gone by, people now are really coming to respect that Coco is someone that stands for something, even if you don't agree with what she stands for. Just the fact that she's stuck to her guns and is the same person today as she was years ago. So that's putting People through. Respect so that, that element of it's putting through, which is great, which is like vilification for, 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 for what you've always stood for. Right? I like to think so. I mean, agree? especially if we're talking about the girls that come to this, um, they already are appreciative of what I've done, or maybe they don't know much. No joke, most of them come because... They saw me in America's Next Top Model. Not joking. And we did have hey, America's Next Top Model. Basically, uh, it wasn't Jean-Paul Gaultier's little jig. No, oh, no, Nigel, no. you'll love this. You'll love this. having her hey, on my hey. show. You're not, yeah. We had, a, we had a girl that had been on two seasons of Top Model. Laura. She well, was on. You're going to call her out? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> it's all good. No, all I'm saying out. is she came on and she loved it. She said yeah, she had a great she time. <laughs> she had a great time. It's okay, you can edit that out if it's <laughs> also James is laughing so hard right now without trying it's to make a good story. Anyway, well, she was and, wonderful. And she was wonderful. <laughs> Let's great. just say uh, she we'll said she learned offline. more Ooh, at yeah. my camp in four days than two seasons of a show she was on. I'm not surprised. Does that surprise you? I can even wow. mention a show. Okay, we will edit that out. I love that. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done. Coco Rocha, James Conrad, <laughs> oh, like, thank you for being on Shake It oh, Instead. Okay. I love you. You're the best guest ever. <laughs> it's a wrap, people. <laughs> See you next week.